Hello and welcome to the third episode of the podcast series. I'm here with Mr. King and he's going to tell us a little bit about himself. Okay, so I've um, been teaching for three years here at Stepney and um, had a bit of an unconventional route into teaching as I failed when I was your age. Yeah. And I messed about quite a lot and uh, had various jobs and kind of went away travelling and thought I'd um, come back and sort my life out. And I knew I always wanted to work with children. I and mean, it was whilst I was sort of uh, redoing my GCSEs and A-levels that I realised that I really enjoyed English and I could use that as a springboard to then talk about things that were quite relevant to me, such as emotions and also trying to find ways to help boys particularly um, learn how to express themselves and express emotions. So you touched upon your route to recovery. Tell yeah. me a little bit about, about that and how you were able to recover your life. Um, I always knew I was going to be okay. And I think like when I was at school, it just wasn't for me at that stage in my life. And I always had the ability, but I also had quite a sort of difficult childhood and teenage years and upbringing. And I think that quite severely affected my engagement with school. But in the back of my mind, I always knew that I had the ability to sort of go to university. And I wasn't just, I just wasn't ready for it at that stage. And then I suppose it took me yeah, a few years to grow up a little bit. Maybe just have some distance, distance from sort of people I'd grown up with in the area that I lived in in Forest Gate. And just kind of, um, yeah, reassess what, where I wanted to go in the sort of next chapter of my life. So during your school life, yeah. you, you, didn't, you didn't really come into school as much, but what did you enjoy at school? Socialising. Socialising. Really, yeah, socialising. But for whatever reason, I don't know what it was, I just didn't go in. I would meet friends in the morning, and then sometimes if we did go in, we'd get in at like 11 or 12. It was really bad, looking back at it. Now if a student comes in really late, the teachers yeah. would, would tackle that. Yeah, I think like when I went to school, we were probably, it was probably too lax in terms of that you could go in at lunch, and initially it would be pulled up, and you'd be questioned about you know where you've been. But I think once we got to year 10 or 11, my school was quite lax in that regard. Right now, you, you probably can't get away with it, but that's a good thing. Isn't it? Back then, they were a bit too lenient. Yeah, definitely. Because for me, it's a reflection of how happy they are. Because yeah. a happy child has no reason to stay away from school. So do you prefer working with younger students or do you prefer working with much mature students? I prefer working with older students because I have too many incidents yeah. where um, I've got, like, like, for example, when I was teaching um, the four-year-olds, one of them decided they needed the loo. And yeah. in Japan, they don't close the door. I didn't know this and I closed the door and he put his little fingers there and I ended up closing the door so hard that he ended up like losing two fingers. He lost two fingers? Yeah, because I closed the door too hard. And then, like, I had too many accidents. So I don't think I'm really good with You're not good with kids. <laughs> yeah, I don't, so like when everyone's like, oh, do primary school. I'm yeah. like, yeah, I'll probably hurt them. <laughs> they'll probably die in my lesson, I don't know how, but it'll happen. Okay, so now we're going to move on to the main topic of this yes. podcast. We're going to move on to women empowerment and feminism. So would you please explain to us what feminism is? I would say that it is the empowerment of women in order to make them to be seen as individuals who are able to choose whatever they want. I think the main thing that people don't understand is, well, majority of people do understand it, but there is a small minority that don't understand the fact that feminism is about equality and not yeah. women being greater or better than men. It's about them being just as capable as doing what men can do. Let's zoom in a little bit and talk about this school. This is a boys' school. Mm -hmm. How do we give more awareness to feminism, do you think? I think 
acknowledging what boys think um, when it comes to feminism. I don't think it's something that's actually addressed. I th feel like you're told mm. this is feminism. This is what women have done. This is what women do in your life. Exactly, Be yeah. grateful. Acknowledge that. And it's not a conversation. It's a, I'm telling you in assembly, this is what you should think. This is what you should remember. Yeah. But when it comes to what you are thinking about females, how you are treating them, how you as an individual think about a female, how many times have you been asked about how you treat a girl? How many times have you been told, okay, if you are saying something to a girl or treating her in a certain way, yeah. is that right? Is that wrong? How many times have you been told to put yourself in their position? Never. Most of the time you're told, this is what women think, this is what women believe. Yeah. And I feel with when it comes to feminism, understanding what you are thinking is probably a better way of us understanding. When I was a kid, because I liked doing everything, I was kind of a, I think it's jack of all trades, master of none. So you're, you're good at everything, but you're not a master at anything. And that was kind of what I was like. Okay. But when I was in secondary school and I realized, you know, I wasn't going to be a tennis player or a footballer or a rugby player, it kind of dawned on me. And I had a really good PE teacher. There was this PE teacher that I really, really connected with. And then, yeah, I think it was about year eight or nine. I was just like, yeah, I'll, I could be a PE teacher. And then, and then that's when I knew I was going to choose GCSE PE and then A-level PE came after and then you, I was at uni and I was like convinced then. And then yeah, you know, sport and exercise science. So someone said to me, do a teaching degree mm. and then you can do a sport foundation afterwards. Uh, but I felt if I do a teaching degree and then specialism in sport, all I can ever be is a teacher. And, and that's fine, but all I can ever be is a teacher. Whereas I took the sport and exercise science degree, which had uh, sport coaching and teaching as one bit but then it also had sport physiology so if you want to be a personal trainer if you want to work for like football clubs sports psychology sports sociology and biomechanics so so I did a degree in sport and that was the best decision I ever made and then afterwards I just I took a PE teaching degree seeing as your degree does allow you to do other jobs do mm. you see yourself in the future perhaps doing other things aside from being a PE teacher yeah, yeah. I mean, I never say never to anything. I, I love being a PE teacher. It's a great, great lifestyle. Um, but yeah, no, like I would love to try, I would love to try personal training maybe. Mm. Um, and then taking that one step further and maybe going into physio. Imagine working at Man City Football Club. Exactly, exactly. And that's the kind of things you can do. You have to start at the bottom and climb your way up. But no, I think if I, if I could do anything, that wasn't PE teaching, I think I would love to do physio side of things, personal trainer side of things. I think I could get involved in that and Who knows, that. I could be watching a man see match and you see Mr. Wilkins running up the pitch. Yeah, you see me see me warming up with De Bruyne and we'll be like twins on the side. <laughs> That'd be good. Nah, nah that's that that would be that would be pretty cool. I could imagine that. I am moving to Oman. Yeah, Muscat, Oman, in about five weeks' time. Five weeks' time? Yeah. To do what? Um, well, it's teaching still. I w I'm going to be head of history there, so it will be a head of department role. So still history? Yeah, still history, definitely. Mm. But it'll be, you know, there's about 65 different nationalities in just the pupils in this school. So it's going to be really diverse. It'll be totally different to here. Yeah. Like, and it's kind of like the polar opposite, I guess, because I'll be going from like a non-Muslim country to yeah. like a diverse country with, with like a non-diverse school really and then moving to an Arabic Muslim country in a diverse non-Arabic Muslim school so it's like a 
complete opposite. Complete, complete opposite. Yeah, yeah. I find that so interesting. When you're living in London, you've got a comfortable job. Why move elsewhere? That's because, like, so what? I've got a comfortable job. I don't have. I don't really have any. I've got loads of friends around here because I grew up here. But my family aren't here. Um, I don't have a partner. I don't have kids. I don't have anything really stopping you. keeping me here. Yeah, yeah, nothing stopping me exactly. So why not go and explore and do more? Um, and I'm like. I love being outdoors. I love being active. Um, and Oman has all of that. And just it has like beaches, life. mountains, desert. Yeah. So it's just like a different, totally different pace of lifestyle, I guess. Completely new language, completely new culture. You, are you excited or are you scared? Both, totally both. But I firmly believe that life begins outside of your comfort zone. Yeah, like really, sure, I really sure. do think that if you're scared about something, it's probably good. Like before each job interview I've had, I've been terrified. And it's like, it's adrenaline almost. It's mm. fear. And I think that's so but good. But then when, when you accomplish it, it's that, that moment when you look back and saying, I was so scared, but then I've accomplished it. Exactly. I went to this <laughs> job interview and this is for a head of department. I've only been out of training to teach for like a year. So I didn't think I would get a head of department job. It's a, it's a promotion and I didn't think I would get it when I went for the interview. I was going for like experience to see what it was like, to, to ask them about what the school was like, that kind of thing. And then I got it and I thought I'd be silly to pass it up, even though I've never been to the Middle East, I've never been a head of department, like I don't know anything about what I'm getting myself in for. And so I got it and that was great. And now I'm terrified. It's like, <laughs> what? I've not Are you it. quite rash in terms of your decision? Like once you see something and in that moment you think, yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Yeah, sometimes I think I can be, definitely. I definitely say spontaneous, maybe not rash. Like I knew, I knew that I would be moving to teach internationally after two years. Like it was always in my that head. That was always in your yeah. head. Yeah. Any of my friends and family would say, yeah.